Welcome to Word from the Mountaintop, a weekly inspirational podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's Word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the fourth chapter. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by the journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to her, said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water, gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming back here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am He, the one who is speaking to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When you turn on the morning news, uh, which I, I don't know which program, seems like most people watch Good Morning America, but that's just because we have our TVs tuned to t- Channel 3 by default. Uh, but, you know, Good Morning America, the Today Show, uh, whatever you watch, they run a number of segments, right? And there's segments that come on pretty regularly. Uh, of course, you have, you know, breaking news and the weather and maybe a sports story if something big happened. Um, and then there'll be, like, a reporter from Washington. And then there'll be, like, the feel-good story of the morning, right? Something to get you pepped up. But about... Every week, almost without clockwork, there's another story. 
Uh, and I, it's a segment, they don't really have a name for it, but I'm giving a name for it. It's, what's wrong with flying today? Right? And what I mean by that is, you know, it's that story where, you know, the stewardess and the guy got into a fight and they had to kick him off the plane, or the seats are getting smaller, you know, they're an inch shorter than they were 20 years ago, right? Or the tray table doesn't come all the way down anymore, or what about those snacks, right? They don't give you a dinner anymore on a plane to get like a bag of pretzels. The coffee's cold, the pop is hot, so on. There's always a complaint. You know, flying in America, if you do fly, you begin to wonder why you do. And you hear a lot of people say, I'm never getting on a plane again. I'm not getting on a plane. Uh, it seems like the collective mood around airplanes is pretty grumpy nowadays, right? And if you can get through all that, then there's the security, right? The security line. Just a lot of complaints about flying. But imagine with me, imagine what our ancestors just a few generations ago would have said if you had told them about our ability to fly from city to city with such ease and frequency. Right? Imagine trying to explain to a settler moving his family across the continent by wagon train, maybe on the Oregon Trail, that that trip today could be done in a matter of hours, sometime between breakfast and lunch or overnight, instead of months. And you wouldn't have to ford a creek and you wouldn't die of dysentery, right? <laughs> Think of the many citizens of the world, of this world today in 2018, who could not afford a luxury such as flight. Citizens in some African countries, in South America, like when I was in Nicaragua and I looked up and saw a plane going over and sat there in that village thinking that not one of the people in that village would ever even think about taking a plane ride, right? That we could move from city to city, state to state, country to country in the matter of hours. And there are so many on this earth who are not freely able to visit family far away or do business across such vast distances. Now, if you've been on a plane, think about the first time that you looked out that window and saw the country sprawling out below you. If you were lucky, maybe it was nighttime and all the lights of the cities and towns were twinkling. But if not, if you flew over daytime, you could see the highways crisscrossing, the little homes way down there, the rivers lining the landscape. I can only say that it's, when you step back and think about it, it's a sense of wonder about how it looks from up there. I remember thinking the first time, wow, there's somebody in that little car way down there. It's unbelievable. This story seems to, to me to remind me that we have lost our wonder about many things, right? We've become disenchanted. Things like flying, that are so amazing, and yet we just take it for granted. And it reminds me that thankfulness, true thankfulness, is a matter of perspective. Thankfulness is a matter of perspective. 
Now, it might seem that the Samaritan woman in the gospel text for today has little for which to give thanks. It's quite interesting gospel text, specifically appointed for today's thank offering. She doesn't have a whole lot to be thankful for. She's an outcast in her community. It's the only reason she would be going to get water at the well at high noon in the heat of the day is because she was not friendly with the other women who came early in the morning or when the sun went down. She was carrying this water back to her residence in the high noon sun. That's not much to be thankful for. The text tells us she has no husband. At best, she has a complicated marital history. Um, and she, if she has family, many of them may not claim her anymore, considering she has five husbands and whoever she's with now is not her husband. So there's not much stability at home. Life in that time for that Samaritan woman would have been hard, to say the least. Probably not a whole lot for her, to be thankful for. And then there's this Old Testament reading from Exodus. Another interesting text for the thank offering. Moses. You know, he's got it bad, right? He's, he's, he's out. They're making this journey through the wilderness and uh, it's dry and hot. And He's clearly reached his end with chosen people in this text, right? It's a brutal journey that they're taking. And then when they finally get to the campsite to rest for the night, when they're finally able to bed down, they realize that where they've arrived, they will have no water. You know, imagine a long day and you're driving along and you get to the hotel and the elevator's broken can't get to your room. You're almost there. And of course, you're on the 27th floor, so you can walk the steps, or you can wait for that elevator, right? But you get to the end of your trip, and there's just this one hang-up. This is what the chosen people are dealing with. And Moses, of course, is the leader of the trip, and um, the people are kind of upset by the fact that they have no water. So they begin to quarrel with Moses. They begin to argue and bicker amongst themselves, and they say things to Moses and you have to do this like with the sound of like a whiny kid, right? Please give us some water to drink, Moses. Why would you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Moses, what are you doing? Complaining, whining, keep going on and on and on. He's really not far from having a mutiny on his hands. This doesn't sound like much of a text for Thanksgiving, right? But, thankfulness is a matter of perspective. Moses has reached his end in this text, and so what do you do when you have no other option, no other way out? Well, he prays. He asks God for help. There's nobody else to turn to, and so he asks God, what might I do with this people? Where am I going to get the water to drink, God? And he tells Moses where to find water. That there is water, but he's going to have to go and get it. Water to quench the thirst of the people. And in this text, we see that God was with them the whole time. Right? And they thought there was no water when they're traveling in the wilderness. God is with them. And God is able to provide them this 
simple but necessary thing for survival, right? Water. You take it for granted until you don't have it. Water. And that water thing carries over into the gospel text where Jesus offers this Samaritan woman living water. This is not just any water. This is not just the water that comes up from that well, but living water that gushes up to the spring of eternal life. Now this is fascinating. I mean, Jesus offers this Samaritan woman with whom he has nothing in common, right? He's a Jew, she's a Samaritan. The text even tells us they don't get along. She's an outcast in her own community. Five husbands, no husbands, we don't know what it is. She definitely did not have a perfect life. She might, in fact, be the woman in the community that people would point to and say, don't be like her, okay? And yet Jesus offers her the wellspring of eternal life. He offers to cleanse her of her sin and to renew her, to be a witness to this new thing that God was doing. He's going to take her life from the ash heap from the noonday sun at the well where nobody else was willing to be. And he was going to give her the job of being a witness. It's from this perspective that we give thanks. We learn, if we learn nothing else from these texts, that it's the simple things that God gives us that matter. Water that's clean, that we're able to drink. A roof over our head and decent heat so we don't freeze. A meal on Thursday that if we're truly honest with ourselves, we probably didn't have to work too hard to provide. A blessing to have food on our tables. Family and friends to share it with. That we live in an area with forests and fields brimming with natural beauty and animals so many deer that they just keep wandering into the roads because they have nowhere else to go. That we can harvest. Hopefully not with the front of our trucks, but that we can harvest for sport and for food. That God has given us our church family, a place to come to worship, a group that is with us through the ups and the downs. These might seem like small things. We might not have noticed them this week at all if we hadn't taken the chance to think about them. But we have been claimed in the waters like the Samaritan woman, like the chosen people, and we have been made new. We have been renewed for witness to this thing that God is doing. God who takes what seems to be lost, what seems to be useless, what seems to be ordinary and makes it extraordinary gives us renewed purpose gives us a sense of being it's a matter of perspective we can all think of a long list of things that are wrong with our community with our world with our country with our situation really good at coming up with things that are wrong. And that kind of gets us down. Well, I woke up one of 
the yellow jackets. <laughs> There's something that's wrong. Just keep an eye out. Don't get sunk today. But again, thankfulness is a matter of perspective. So this Thanksgiving, as you gather with others to give thanks, family, friends, folks who are your family, who are like your family, consider your perspective. Bad things, depressing things, setbacks, they've happened for all of us this year. But step back and see the ways that you've been blessed by God and God's people. And thank God for all the little and large blessings that you have received. And remember, this Thanksgiving and always, that thankfulness is a matter of perspective. Thanks be to God.